This is City Post Church. We're about three things. Build, equip, and send. All under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. A small church plant in Fort Worth, Texas. Who decided to do things a little differently. Adoramos a Jesucristo. I love City Post because of the people. It's where I belong. We truly preach the word. I love City Post because of the community we've been able to build. To do ministry like Jesus, for light to push back darkness. This is City Post Podcast. Hey everybody, this is City Post Podcast. Thank you for joining. I'm here with Ricky Cotto. I finally got him to come. Busy man, busy man. Well, thank you for being here, Ricky. Hey, no problem, San Juan. I'm so glad that we finally get a chance to do this and hang out. And uh, yeah, man, see what you want to talk about. Yeah, I just have some questions about starting a church, you know, planning it and uh, the struggles that comes with it. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, yeah, we'll get into that. But, you know, before we get into that, so what what brought you to City Post? I mean, that I think that needs to be the first you know, like let people know who you are and, uh, you know, what piques your interest in all this. Yeah, I'm San Juan on the board, if for people that don't know. Well, what really brought me to City Post was the, like, unconditional, like, love and caring of okay. the people around us. Mm-hmm. And um, they really speak from the truth. When I first came, it was really hard-hitting. I, I hated it at first. Yeah. But, you know, because... <laughs> <laughs> it's true, you know, it's true. It's true, true hurts, you know. That's right. So, yeah, that's what really brought And me. I know that you came from, like, a different type church background. Um, so, you know, just, just stepping into something a little bit non-traditional is also can be a little uh, scary sometimes. Yeah, and kind of being there sort of in the beginning was kind of yeah. rough because I came from a church that was well-established. Right. And I'm coming into this gym yeah this little church plant yeah you know everybody's just trying to figure it out right now and well that no that that's all good but um no i'm definitely glad that we get to have this conversation and um you know that this piques your interest so uh but yeah we we planted city post uh in about 2018 yeah and uh, haven't looked back since so was starting a church Mm-hmm. Where were you? Where was like the vision around that? Man, that's a great question. Um, so I felt let's let's go back a little bit. I felt called to pastor in yeah. 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, before that, we I was part of a youth ministry team at uh, a local church here in Fort Worth, mm-hmm. and it was great. But you know, we just started noticing some things that you know, biblically didn't align, and, and I was just asking the Lord what's next, and when I felt called the pastor, um, I was like, absolutely not. I am not doing this thing. <laughs> like, this is not for me. I like my job. I like where things are at in life, and, um, but in 2015, when I graduated with my master's um, yeah. from Southwestern is when I really felt the call of God on my life, and that's one thing I learned is when God calls you to something, uh, you could run all you want, but yeah. you ain't yeah. going to run from that. So <laughs> it's going to follow you. <laughs> <laughs> of course. And yeah. that was probably was a scary jump to like start. How, how did that? It was, yeah. How did everything really come together in the beginning? Yeah. Finding the people. And the sure, no. That's, so there's two ways to plan a church. Yeah. You can go to a well-established church yeah. and um, serve there for about a year or two. Um, a lot of churches have residencies, and then after they they set you up, you could leave there with about like thirty to forty people. Yeah. Um, so if people feel called to go, then then you know you start with a great foundation, or um, you could start with a small group, which is what we did. Yeah. So when I felt called to plant, I decided um, to go that route. And um, I remember talking to a lot of pastor friends of mine, you know, like, how do you know you're called to doing this? You know, like, because yeah. <laughs> I know what this means yeah. for my life. Like, this is no, there, there's no, like, pause button. There's no, ah, I changed my mind. You know, I don't think I want to do this anymore. So um, there was a lot of prayer. There was a lot of evaluating. There was a lot of um, seeking wise counsel. Like, yeah. do people really see this in me? 
Because yeah. honestly, if if my wife, my parents, uh, my closest, my best friend, if they would have said, nah, Rick, this is a terrible idea. Yeah. We don't see this. Like, I, this is not good. I, then no, it would not happen. But the Lord used them to um, confirm. So I started, we started with about seven or eight guys. Um, you know, I just, I just let people know, like, this is what I feel the Lord calling me to do. Please pray for us. And then through that, folks started to ask if they could be become involved. Yeah, that's awesome. So the Lord is the one that brings the people. Yeah. yeah well, like you said, people not if people weren't supporting you, you probably wouldn't have done it. Did it ever feel like you like an unrealistic dream or something that you just thought of but won't happen not unrealistic but um you know the one thing you fight are these insecurities um when it comes to church planning you know am i you know my personality is it charismatic enough are are people gonna follow you know the vision that god has given you um you know i got the the best advice i received was from uh another pastor here in town and he told me he thinks it's funny that i think I'm in control of all this. Yeah. And he's like, no, like the Lord is the one that will send you uh, people. And, and he was right. And yeah. He's like, yeah. So, yeah, it was super scary. Um, but I also, because I'm bivocational. Yeah. You know, that eases the tension a little bit. Um, so I don't have to fundraise. I don't have to rely on other people giving mm-hmm. so that, you know, to raise support so I could pay the bills. Um, you know, yeah. the Lord has always given me a job where I could do both. So that's a blessing. And that's awesome. That really is a blessing. Yeah. And with that comes with that, of course, there's going to be struggles at first, you know. Yeah. So when you were established as official church and with a small group, where was, like, the struggles in that? Yeah, I think the struggle is in the model of church that we are. Um, we had a strong group of our core group were strong believers yeah so for us it was like man let's just have church mm-hmm. you know it doesn't matter eight ten now some people would be like you're crazy yeah like yeah. you should have at least 60 70 people before you congregate and we were like we don't care yeah. you know so we, we we have worship time bring the message we want to hear god's word we want to fellowship it was on like acts chapter two um, verse 45, it was just, you know, we just came together daily, broke bread, um, you know, followed the teachings, and the Lord added to our numbers. Now, the hard part with that is um, because we were a small group, when you have other believers walk in, they look around, yeah. and they're like, where are the programs? What about my kids? Yeah. There's hardly anybody here. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. <laughs> Now, the, the good and the bad with that, you know, you're not going to attract believers who are consumers, mm-hmm. um, like what's in it for me, but uh, it's a foundation to build with the gospel. So people that actually have been hurt by the church don't know Jesus, yeah, and they see the value in um, learning about Christ, you know, transfer, transformation, you know, that's kind of how we build our church. Yeah. And for me, definitely when you said you first walk in, you're like, where is everything? Yeah. Yeah. That, that was definitely <laughs> me for sure. And <laughs> come in, I was probably 14, I think. Really? Four wow. t- five years ago. You look like you're 35. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> Not at all, man. Not Baby, face. Like Baby face. <laughs> but yeah. I can definitely see how, like, older people yeah. definitely think about, and then, some people try and build their lives around church. Right. You know, right. that's one reason I came to try mm-hmm. to set a foundation for that. Yeah. And, you know, with City Post, so what we could have done is raised a bunch of money and then paid people yeah. to set up the gym. So we could have put a stage in there. We could have put, could have blocked it off, could have put lights. Yeah. Um, a sound system, rented a truck every Sunday. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that, but... We just decided that we'd rather use our money um, to pour back out into the city. Yeah. Um, so we're a very, like, missional church. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's, there's people that need to be fed. There's schools that need to be 
uh, fed into. Yeah. You know, we have ministries in uh, India and, and now in Honduras. And so, you know, so we had to make a decision on where that money went. Um, but in return of all that, you're not going to get big church. Yeah. Immediately. Um, <laughs> for what? my like, point of view that sounds kind of risky you know not putting money yeah. into your own church and just kind of feeding through the community right so like the genuine like care for people is what yeah. i found different right and for me biblically that's the model yeah um what you see in scripture but also i understand that in, in the u.s context you know church is when you make when you make church a, a business yeah then you got to have a bottom line. So it's money coming in. Who, who can I hire? Who can, how do I build this thing? Um, but in order to build things, what people do is that they just get money and they hire people to do it. Yeah. But I believe like through discipleship and really building um, your leaders from the inside, yeah. uh, you know, dipping into their calling, that's kind of how a church should function. Yeah. I believe that it does take a lot longer. It ain't going to be immediately. Yeah. Like we're just <laughs> not going to go to seminary and just post jobs over there. Um, but the dividends will pay out a lot more. Yeah. And I like what like the church believes in, build, equip, send. Exactly. Yeah. What about, like, I know a lot of Christians, they... I know mo- most Christians I know, their churches they go to, they're non, um, like denomination. Yeah, no, no yeah. sorry. Yeah, non-denomination. <laughs> so with, with that being said, what does the church kind of believe? Sure. Um, so with City Post, we, we align ourselves with the BGCT, okay. which is the Baptist General Convention of Texas. And there's, there's a few reasons for that. Um, one is the theology. You know, we, we believe in the Word of God and that, you know, the Bible says what it says. And we stand on that, and, and so does the BGCT. Yeah. Um, we also believe kind of how they, they view missions. Um, and yeah. then, you know, we view missions the same way. And then um, the way that they, they support church planning. Yeah. Uh, you know, what City Post is is, you know, the, the reason why we say we build, equip, and send is because we want to, we want our foundation to be a sending church. Yeah. So in the future, as we grow, um, we would love to plant other churches in Fort Worth, especially yeah. Central North. That's awesome. Yeah, and that's from, the vision. From being here, I can definitely see how it's the truth. You actually do build up people. There's yeah. so many people that come in and get involved not just doing little things, but doing like big things, like right. join the worship team, uh, doing uh, media stuff for the, right. the graphic design, or yeah. even coming early and setting up the church. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool yeah. to see. And nobody's paid. Yeah. You know, I'm not even paid. Yeah. You know, so, um, but you know, there there is a, a risk with that. You know, things are going to be a little bit slower. Your ministry is not going to be as massive. Yeah. Because you can't dedicate 40, 50 hours to it. Um, but at, at the end of the day, I think the Lord is going to use people and he's going to build people up. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, all this is done under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. So, yeah, um, we want people to grow in their faith. So you're not doing it for a business. You're doing it for the glory of, glory of God. Right. 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 Yeah. yeah. I always tell people, if this thing falls apart, man, yeah. we'll just we'll go down the street, man. Just we'll start one at a community center or school. I mean, it, yeah. it's just, yeah, I mean, as long as the Lord's with us. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, yeah. since we're, like you're still in the five year mark, right? And most churches, they most church plans they fall within the five year mark, and exactly. I feel like we're there, but we're kind of thriving in a way. Yeah. No. Right. Thank God. You know, there's a crazy statistic, and they tell you this um, when you church plant. Yeah. They're like, within three years of planning a church, eighty percent fail. Yeah. And then the ones that make it past three years, by the time they get to year five, 80% of those fail. Yeah. Um, so God has been so gracious to us and good to us. And, um, and yeah, as long as we focus on obedience and, and um, the calling that he's given us, then, yeah, we, you know, we'll continue to move forward. Yeah. And, um, 
But yeah, it's a scary thought, though. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Has there ever been a time within the five-year mark you probably thought this is over? Not one time. Really? Uh, yeah, no. Uh, it's too much fun. I really? love it. Yeah, it's. I will be honest. There's days where where I think, man, it would be so much easier if, and then fill in the blank. Um, like, man, if we had this, if we had that, but. Every time we gather on a Sunday here, whether there's 10 people, whether there's 40, 50, whatever amount of people are here, yeah, man, there's just something like the Holy Spirit just moves and you go home just feeling refreshed. And um, I don't know, man, I, I just, it, it's just too good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I cannot imagine um, serving anywhere else. I, like you know if even if we were to come together with another church like for us to change our culture that that would just destroy somebody else's church like yeah. there's no way has yeah. there ever been a church that did approach you to join them or you're just like no yeah like, we we um we've had a few um but it just didn't make sense at the end of the day yeah and Yes, it sounds great. Um, of course, the enticing thing is more people in a building. Yeah. But at the end of the day, there would be a massive struggle internally as far as myself as a as the, you know, the shepherd here. Yeah. Or because I have to follow what the Lord is calling us to do. He's given us a clear vision. And if the other entity does not match that vision. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's not going to work. So, yeah. Yeah. what I'm getting from you, you're very careful, very careful. Yeah, and that comes from experience and yeah. failure, because I have not done everything perfectly. Yeah. So, I've I've learned to pause, seek wise counsel, seek the Lord. That's why we have a great leadership team here. Yeah, um, just to see it, if it makes sense, and if God's not in it, it's going to be very clear. Yeah, yeah, and with the failures comes with mistakes you know oh yeah has there been like any major mistakes you made <laughs> of course it's gonna come with playing at church but yeah um i think one of the biggest mistakes is um you know just just maybe thinking through a little bit more strategically where yeah. we align ourselves you know when we first started um city post we were just kind of seeing where the Lord wanted us to serve. Yeah. So we were all over the city. And what that did was that it just spread us too thin. So, um, you know, I, I feel like there was some time that was wasted. I know, I know with God, nothing is wasted. Yeah. But, yeah. But, um, and then also, you know, managing people and their expectations of who we are as City Post. Yeah. You know, something I, I always tell our worship team, you know, if you go around and you, you say things like, man, you're free in this place to worship. Yeah. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. And, you know, but don't be surprised if there's somebody that starts running laps, you know, or. Yeah. So they're taking <laughs> come as you are a little too literally. Yeah, yeah. So you need, I mean, and these are all Christian terms that we use so loosely. Um yeah. But that's not who we are as a church. You know, it's it's everybody has their own style of worship. But um, the the personality of City Post and the, the folks that come here. Yeah. You know, we're not a very religious place. So, yeah, that was one of the things. So it's just understanding who we are, letting people know up front what we believe. Um, I mean, we we walk through passages here. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, for some people, they, they want to hear the good stuff. They want to hear the, you know, the feel yeah, good. Feel but, good. man, you know, the, the, word of, the word of God's convicting. And yeah. um, you can't be afraid to, to preach everything in it. So I remember probably like this. I think it's like the second stages of City Post when we were in the dark room. Yeah. Not every time with the church, man, I was like, he's talking to me. Like, he's calling <laughs> me out. Like, like he like he's. So I definitely know it's that yeah. like well, I just want to hear the good things. And yeah, it's like all up in my Kool-Aid. Yeah, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was definitely me for sure. Yeah, and with people, like they say, truth does hurt. Yeah, 
Has there ever been anybody that really came at you? You know, when we talked about marriage, oh, um, yeah. you know, we did a series called Family Feud, or no, Family Matters. Yeah. And we talked about the role of, um, you know, women and, and the role of men, what the Bible says about marriage. Um, you know, that's, that's always a... That's always a subject that's that's going to rub the culture the wrong way. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, we believe what the, the word of God says about marriage. It's between a man and a woman, and, and that's how God intended it. So anything against the cultural norms are always going to kind of, you're going to get a little bit of pushback from from some folks. So. Yeah, and I know modern day marriage is kind of, it, it really took, like, a left, you know? Oh, like, yeah. It's, it's very... Uh, it's very different from what you read. Yeah, and, and and also you got to look at everything as a whole. Yeah. Because what, what Christians tend to do is they focus on one piece. Yeah. So they're like, oh, you know, like gay marriage is terrible. And I'm like, well, hold on. Yeah. What about people that are like living together? What about people that are having sex outside of marriage? Yeah. Uh, what about people that are, they're not sleeping with each other, but... They're doing other things sexually. Yeah. And, and, and you don't get a pass on anything that God talks about when it comes to sexual sin. So we have to look at the whole entire picture. And it's not about gay or straight. or it, It's about what the word of God says. And yeah. it, it's about being lost and then now being found. So we tend to focus on, on the wrong things sometimes uh, when it comes to that. Yeah. yeah, and for me, that's what I think C Post kind of different from other churches because I, I know a lot of churches they really attack the yeah like modern day oh no like society or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But C Post is more like let's come in, know the yeah. word, you know. You know, we want everybody to come in here, but we're not going to conform to the world. We're yeah. we're going to stick to the truth. Yeah. So, um, and I like having difficult conversations with people. Yeah. I think um, we live in a culture where, where it's like, if you don't agree with me, then I'm just going to go a different way. I'm cutting you off. Yeah. Like, I've lost so many people. Like, man, people have blocked me, like, from Twitter, like, yeah. social media. I'm <laughs> like, for what? You know, I didn't even post anything, <laughs> but... You know, they see the sermons, they know what, what our church is about, so automatically, and I'm totally cool with it. I don't get, I don't sleep, but, yeah. you know, it's just interesting. But I, I think we should be able to sit down and have a conversation about God's word, about um, life, about your past. You know, when I, when I meet some folks that are very against certain things of God's word, I just start asking about their families. Yeah. How'd you grow up? And what you what you find out what comes up to the surface is you know there might have been sexual abuse there might have been yeah you know pornography early on in life there's there's all these things that nobody wants to talk about and it's like no we have to address it so. yeah i can definitely see how that's like it kind of feels like a therapy session most people they don't like therapy well, and yeah. or they don't like embrace like hard true conversations right because that really digs up like the past. It yeah. does, and then, but it also is a mirror. Because if if we we have to look at our sinful nature, yeah, that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. So if if I have somebody that is, man, I'm 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 dep- you know I have I mean I suffer from anxiety all the time, I fall into depression, um, and so there's no like quick fix there's like a not like a magic pill yeah most people say just pray about it yeah or they'll say pray about it yeah. ask god to take it away yeah but then i start thinking like wait hold on a second you know what are you feeding in your mind you know like what are you what are you consuming um turns out hey there's an addiction to pornography here yeah you know turns out you know you're watching specific videos you you know like you're you're filling your heart and your mind with all this darkness. Yeah, and so, so that's just one component. It ain't, it ain't all of it. But yeah, you know, and it's really easy to, unfortunately, really easy to feed your mind with all the darkness, especially with social media going around. Oh yeah, 
and you like one post uh, that's all you're gonna see for about yeah 50 videos and mm -hmm. you see there's always negativity come up right and even when like you try to quit it's still yeah so and you just and you're just in there consuming it for like three four hours yeah you know so it's like but why would that have such a strong stronghold on your life like why would that control you yeah. you know those are the questions that i i always ask yeah for like maybe because you know how like depressed people listen to depressed music it makes them feel comfortable <laughs> you know it's just like ah, i don't know yeah so they're just comfortable in that they don't want to change because you know trauma they're probably scared of change you don't know how it's going to turn out or anything yeah and and also with, with trauma comes there, there's just some like deep-seated issues that yeah. and we also have to talk about professional help as yeah. well um, but the main thing I, I believe is the gospel because the gospel it's not just about hey you know Jesus is gonna come in and he's gonna give you a new life yeah it's not it's not just going to heaven but I mean, you're being redeemed to a holy and righteous God through the blood of Christ. But that redemption does not just fix your present. No, it's like your whole past as well. Yeah. So, you know, so you there's healing there. There is freedom there. There's joy there. You're no longer um, like Romans 6 talks about. Like you're no longer a slave to the world. Yeah. You're a slave to righteousness and, and not your sinful nature anymore. So um, walking in freedom begins with accepting the gospel. And with C post, I like how, like you said, it's easier said than done. Yeah. I like how they really build you up for it because there's a lot of resources that um been placed here to really help with mental right. or just any, like, addiction or anything. Yeah. So uh, that's what I like about that. And I like what you said earlier about truth and having hard conversations with people so and i know a lot of people they like they view you in a certain way yeah because you know you're the pastor yeah so is it kind of do you have do you feel like you have to keep this image up or is it like you have to have a persona that's a great that's or a you're great just yourself question. um so uh, honestly i'm myself yeah. um you know I, i've i've never grown up you know wearing suits yeah you know, I'm, I'm a very laid back person. I'm very monotonic, like my voice. Yeah. I'm not a screamer. Um, yeah. I don't dip into emotionalism, which yeah. if you do, that's cool. That's your, but that's just been my personality. Um, I've always been a lover of truth. Mm -hmm. Like I love to, to find things out. I love to seek it. Um, but when it comes to those pressures, I don't feel pressure to to do all that stuff but there are times where when your insecurities creep in and in and, and social media like you start yeah. seeing like hey this guy acts this way or he preaches this way that might attract more people yeah um so that starts playing a game these mind games but you know god created you to be a specific way he didn't make any mistakes and um yeah, and I definitely lean into that. But I do want to read this because yeah. I love your question. Um, because when you become a pastor, you have to understand what you're saying yes to. Yeah. And I, this is why I, I, I prayed a lot and I asked my pastoral friends, like, hey, how do you know? But um, if you look at uh, 1 Timothy chapter 3, I'm just going to read some Bible just to back this up. Yeah, man. Because... Yeah. A lot of people are like, I think I could be a pastor. And I was like, well, you know, <laughs> does your life align with what the Bible says uh, the qualifications of an elder are? Yeah. Or, 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 you know, an overseer, which is a pastoral role. But it says this in verse 2 in chapter 3. It says, um, and, oh, and this is First Timothy. It says, now overseer is to be above a reproach, faithful to his wife, temperate, self-control, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him. And he must do so in a manner worthy of full respect. If anyone does not know how to manage his own family, 
he can how can he take care of God's church he must not be a recent convert or he may uh, become conceited and fall under the same judgment as the devil and in last verse here uh, he must also have a good reputation with outsiders so that he will not fall into disgrace and into the devil's trap yeah. all of that right yeah, there deep, if man. you're going to be a pastor <laughs> What you're saying yes to is this. Yeah. So this is this is so there's not a pressure, but there's more of an accountability. Yeah. Not just to this church, but to Lord Almighty. Yeah. Saying, this is what my life is going to look like. Yeah. I'm going to be faithful to my wife. I, my kids can't go crazy. You know, yeah. I got to be able to control my household. I can't be angry. I got to have a good reputation. You know, so it's. And, and this is not a list saying, okay, I got to do this. No. Yeah. yeah. This is what comes naturally mm-hmm. to a pastor. So, yeah. you know, if, if I want to get wasted all the time, yeah, then I'm disqualified. Yeah. Like, so it's the lifestyle also. Yeah, man. So, yeah. And, and so this is what you're saying yes to right here. Yeah. And um, you don't get breaks. Like, this is your life from here on out. And yeah. I can just imagine you also saying yes to uh, um, criticism. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, you being, like, the shepherd, the leader of the church, almost everything gets blamed on you, you know? That's right. Almost everything. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, when you have a church, so church is filled with... I always say it's 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 a place where imperfect people come to serve a perfect God. Yeah. So you're gonna have people from all walks of life. Um, you're gonna have people in their sinful nature, myself included. So pride's gonna creep in, jealousy's gonna creep in, mm-hmm. um, gossip's gonna creep. All that stuff's gonna come. So as a pastor, I have to shield, um, you know, the people I'm shepherding. Yeah. And and sometimes that means just taking bullets, just taking the arrows, and you know you just dust it off and you keep going. So. Yeah, that's that's a very like tough thing to do because <laughs> for me, somebody says yeah anything, I'm the first one to lose it. Yeah, I know, and that's the thing. It's like and 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 we've had that here. I've had people tell me I should do this instead. I've had yeah. people question things. I've had people. Um, you know, recently just kind of charged me up because yeah. they're not teaching. And, and, you know, I just look at them, smile, and I was like, well, maybe this ain't the place for you. I yeah. mean, like, <laughs> I don't mind yeah. it. You know, you're not going to hurt my feelings. Um, but, you know, my, I have a role spiritually to protect the people that God has placed under my watch. Yeah. You know, and... Um, and even if that means taking bullets, taking shots, I mean, I'm willing to do that. Yeah, that's awesome, man. With yeah, a smile. With a smile, <laughs> yes. With a smile. I might roast you, though, but <laughs> I want, I'm not going to do anything, uh, you know. Yeah. So, no. And, you know, what we were talking about, being a pastor and how people view you. Yeah. Since is my only opportunity. And yeah. for a while, I talked to you because you were very busy. It's all good. I've been wanting to ask you, um... Like, how you deal with sin. Yeah. Because, like, for me, be, like, just becoming, like, an actual Christian probably about a year ago. Right. Uh, you know, like you said earlier, when it's kind of the freedom, your past is gone and everything, but, like, the pain still kind of hurt there. And, like, yeah. you still sin. And dealing with sin is kind of different when you come into Christianity because you know it's wrong and you still do it. And then you feel that guilt afterwards. Right being a pastor do you you know because everybody sins is mm-hmm. it feel like it's worse for you or you know i i always tell people um you you can't when it comes to when it comes to sin you can't be reactive you have to be proactive okay um and that's something that man i'm just gonna go ahead and read i mean hebrews 12 yeah one two and three says about he talks about this he says, uh, therefore, since you are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, it says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. Yeah. So it's not just 
it's a fuel and fire issue. Like it's not just your sin, but it's also the things that that lead to that, that cause sin. Um, so, you know, of course I sin. I mean, I struggle with things. I still struggle with things from my past. Um, I still struggle with, with some, you know, I'm not going to call them like addictions, but there are yeah. things that creep into my life that I fight off that um, I, I struggle with. But what I've started doing is saying, Lord, I want to honor you with my life. Like yeah. holiness matters to me. Yeah. So I, I'm starting to put things in my life to stop it before it even begins. So if I know that I struggle um, with lust, yeah. I'm not going to go to a restaurant where all the waitresses are half naked. Yeah, yeah. I don't care how good the wings are, you yeah. know, or <laughs> whatever food they're serving. Yeah. And, and I get that argument a lot, man, but I, I've just started telling people straight up, like, ah, oh, man, I'm not going to go there. Yeah. Like, can we eat somewhere else? Or, you know what, if you guys go... Call me after you're done. I'll meet up with you afterward. Yeah. But but I've just started to put some boundaries in my life to um, avoid my sinful nature because I know myself. Yeah. But when I do sin, I know that there's forgiveness because I'm, I'm covered by the blood of Christ and his grace. But I have to come to him and, and repent, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and you have to humble yourself. You have to, and I think that's why Jesus says you got to pick up your cross every single day. You yeah. got to die to yourself. But yeah. Wow, man. That was yeah. It's a, it's yeah. a, it's a fuel. It, I'm telling you, man, it's a fuel and fire issue. So um, yeah. it's like if I know, if I struggle with anxiety, yeah, then why am I going to be scrolling through Instagram and Twitter all day long? Yeah. Like looking at pictures of people's perfect lives. Yeah. Well, you know, that's not the truth, but then you start comparing yourself to it. You start, and, and that just drag, drags you down. So I'm going to avoid it, you know, or I'm going to use it differently. Yeah. And so basically be proactive in it. Yeah. But how do you get past that in some way instead of just avoiding it? I got you. But I know there's some things, like, of course, like yeah. if you deal with, like, pornography, of right. course, don't go to – like certain websites or so yeah. some social medias and um right. but say anxiety even if you do look past that you're just yeah how do you really yeah and i think a lot of it too is you know we have his word yeah and i would say most christians most believers spend more time on their phones than they do in their bibles yeah so we we have to understand that god has given us his word it's his word is power um, his word is the sword. Um, so it is being in his word uh, more and more, but also fellowshipping with, like, believers. Yeah. You know, being a part of each other's lives, holding each other accountable. Yeah. You know, there's, like, data that says if I have three friends, close friends, yeah. that smoke cigarettes, there's a 150% chance yeah. of me becoming a smoker. And it goes with any type of habits. It goes with any type of um, practices. Yeah. So if I surround, the people I surround my life with are going to really influence and encourage me. So I'm going to choose people that, you know, are God-fearing. I'm going to choose people that, you know, serve the Lord. Because it's not easy, man. It's, yeah. 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 So I need that encouragement. I need that. I need that, like, push. I need that kick in the pants sometimes. Yeah. You know? So basically stay in scriptures. Y yeah. Watch your environment. Watch what you're feeling, feeding yourself. Yeah. And then those yeah. who are around you. Yeah. You know, what? like, who are you letting, who are you allowing to speak into your life? Yeah. I think that's a big one. Yeah. But also with that, I can definitely see, like, influences that, may sound good but you know like false prophets right anything like that yeah. so how do you really watch out for that man god's word yeah because um anyone can make something sound great yeah you know we talked about this all the time like if you're if you're really good with words yeah you can make things 
yeah you know sound awesome like i could say something like hey uh save people save people yeah you know and then everybody like claps and yeah <laughs> you know it, it sounds good yeah um but what it goes down to is is what does god's word have to say what does his truth say yeah um and that's how you screen false prophets and it's like what first john you know we talk about number one if truth yeah but also motives yeah. you know are they making disciples of jesus or are they making disciples of themselves yeah, and they really attack people when they're in the most vulnerable moments. Right. They have no hope and trying to come in and give them hope. Yeah, play on emotions. Um, yeah. And then, I, but I think the main thing is the gospel. Um, you know, if, if the gospel does not involve the cross, a burial, and the resurrection of Jesus, then it's a false gospel. And, and we have to make sure we pay attention to that. Yeah. yeah. And, um,. We've been learning that the past couple of weeks, right? With Second John, right? Yeah. Well, back to surrounding yourself. You know, being a pastor. Yeah. Do do people really like crowd you, trying to be friends with you all the time? You know, honestly, it's a little bit opposite. Um, really? Yeah. You know, when I remember at work when uh, people saw like. You know that I I started pastoring a church or planning a church. You know, yeah. you start getting a little bit more fewer invites to happy hour parties. Yeah, really. Like, well, yeah, because it's like oh, you know, the pastor's here. It might be quiet. It might be cool. <laughs> be cool. Put it away. Put it away. You know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, you know, my role as as a shepherd, what the Bible says is, my main role is to feed the sheep. Yeah. Um. So. It is to, to put God's word out there, to teach it within its context. And then all counsel that I give has to go through God's word. Yeah. Um, the way I lead people goes through his Holy Spirit, his anointing. So my role is not to tell you how to live your life. It's not to tell you who you should date, who you should marry, what you should and should not do. That, that's up to you. Yeah. But my role is to tell you what God's word says about it. And whether you want to make those decisions or not, that's up to you. Yeah. Now, as a pastor, I'll be honest, it sucks sometimes because there's people that I love that I watch running right into a fire. Yeah. And they, have, they don't care. And I wish I could stop them, and I can't. So do you, you know? feel any weight on your shoulders about that? All the time, yeah. man. Yeah. Like, I tell people, you know, one of the hardest things about being a pastor is that, like, you love these people. Yeah. I mean, everyone at City Post, I will give you the shirt off my back. Yeah. Now, if you don't come here, you're on your own. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Go somewhere else. Um, I mean, I will fight for you. But on top of that, there's nights where, like, the Lord will put, like, a name on my heart or, uh, you know, I'll hear something or somebody's hurting real bad. And, and you just kind of, like, stay awake. Yeah. You know, or... There's times that the Holy Spirit wakes you up, you know, in the middle of the night and, and you know, just to pray for somebody, you know, it's uh, yeah. there is a way to it. But there's also a way to preaching, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's times where I'll, I'll wrestle with a passage all week. And then Saturday night, you know, because we got church in the morning, yeah. <laughs> man, up at like 2 a.m., like, oh, I just got some, you know, like yeah. it just hits. Um, so there's a weight to people, but there's also a weight to God's word and, and proclaiming it. And it's a privilege, you know, so we don't take that lightly. And uh, the patience you have to have for that is probably yeah, huge. Because, <laughs> you know, the, you're helping people fight addictions, past traumas, yeah. you know, depression. And that's not going to heal overnight. No, and, no, it's and not. And, of course, it's going to get ugly before it gets... Right. And, you know. you know, one of the things that that I always say that's kind of helped is I cannot change anyone. Yeah. That's, on, that's something only the Holy Spirit can do. Yeah. So I have to trust the Holy Spirit. I have to trust God's timing. And I, I have to trust his word. Um, 
Now the crazy thing is I, I've seen it. Yeah. You know, like like the song we sing, I've witnessed it. Yeah. So I know for a, a, a fact that God has the power to do it. Um, yeah. But it is hard, you know, and that's why we pray for people. That's why we we let the Lord do His work. Like I say, we let His word cook, you know. Yeah. <laughs> let it let it let it do its thing, and you got to be patient. You got to be patient with people. Yeah. And. I witnessed too with all the baptisms we've done and all the yeah. testimonies I heard. That's it's right. A really crazy thing. Yeah, yeah. And these these te- I mean, I tell people like these testimonies. It's it's they're always amazing. Like I'll go back and watch them. Yeah. Because this is not like uh, yeah. I grew up in church and I didn't know what I was doing, so I want to go ahead and do it now. Yeah. No, this is like the Lord. I didn't want nothing to do with this. Jesus transformed my life. And now I'm here to serve him, which is pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Were you ever, speaking of testimonies, yeah. I like what you said about I want nothing to do with him. Were you ever, oh, yeah. uh, that your whole life was like that? You know, there was, there was one time in my life, and it had nothing to do with, like, like Christ. Yeah. But um, there was one year in college where I decided I want to make different friends. Yeah. You know, I was like, I'm done with these people. I'm ready to do something else. Yeah. And and then in college, you know, you, you fall into that lie of like, you got to have all these networks and you got to be part of clubs and groups. And um, yeah, but I remember I was I was a part of a fraternity. Um, it wasn't like your beer chugging fraternity yeah. like that you see on TV. It was yeah. it was actually um it was actually some great guys there, but I was also part of like these two or three organizations. And what that did was it took me, it removed me away from the church because all my weekends and really all my evenings. Yeah. I was doing philanthropies. I was, I mean, I didn't care for the church after that because I was like, I'm having a good time and making friends. I mean, I was dating somebody. Um, there's a term that we use called booty blind. Yeah. You know, (laughs) (laughs) you're booty blind. So it's like nothing else matters. You're just like, this is the person I want to, you know, spend all my waking hours with, uh, which is stupid. But, um, yeah. Yeah. And even that person I was with was not a believer. Really? And, um, you know, I could, as, as we were getting to know each other and, you know, we weren't serious, but as we were dating, there were some things that came to the surface. Yeah. And and I started noticing uh, a difference in beliefs. But because I was booty blind, yeah, I didn't care. I was Force. like, whatever. It happens. I'll convert her, you know? Yeah. <laughs> She'll start coming to church with me. Um, yeah. But I remember the summer of 2004, um, you know, I because of how I was living my life, I could not be in leadership at this this camp we go to. It's called Super Summer. Yeah. So I led, uh, I helped with recreation that that summer. And I remember it was during one of those rainbow service, like a service. I don't even remember what the guy preached on. Yeah. I don't remember. I I remember some some short, (laughs) fat white guy that was preaching. Yeah. um, With a mustache and a crew cut. Ooh, that's terrible. Yeah. (laughs) He was good, though. But I just don't remember. Yeah. And even the worship, all I remember was I was sitting in the back of the chapel at uh, UMHB, mm-hmm. and I felt the call of Jesus so strong on my life. And and I was just sitting there, and I, was, I don't know, I was just, like, evaluating. Yeah. You, you know, when you hit rock bottom, you start thinking, like, how did I get here? Yeah, <laughs> definitely, for sure. <laughs> you know, and I was miserable, and I was broke all the time, and... um you know, I was tired and I, I was bombing in school yeah. and I flunked all my classes and I just I was like, man, how come like how come my life is like this? Yeah. And I just remember I felt the Lord just say, Ricky, are you going to follow me now or do you want to keep going? Yeah. And I said, Lord, I want to follow you. And that night I remember I just prayed. I, I surrendered my life to the call that he put on me. Um, it all changed. Like, seriously, I tell people, like, no, it was, it, it it literally, everything changed. I remember, like, as we went home that Friday, 
I apologized to everybody um, that was in our youth group. Yeah. I told them, I was like, my life has changed. I remember um, getting home. I just cut it with the girl I was dating. Yeah. Um, we were sitting at the Hooters on South Cooper. Yeah. And I told, like, the fraternity I was a part of, I didn't want to do it anymore. Like, I dropped my letters pretty much. and Really? I mean, I was done. I was yeah. like, I want to live for the Lord. I changed my major. I, I mean, everything changed. It, it was it was pretty incredible. But that's the power of the Holy Spirit, man. Yeah. So you think that moment right there kind of destined you to be a pastor? That was the moment I said, Lord, whatever you want to do with my life, I'm game. Yeah. And I tell these guys, uh, especially like, especially you guys your age. Yeah. That's the greatest but yet most dangerous prayer you could pray. Yeah. They say, Lord, I don't know what's next, but whatever you want to do with my life, just do it. And the answer is yes. Yeah. I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who I'm going to marry. I don't know what, what, but the answer is yes. Yeah. Um, but that was the, the day that I chose, like, I'm following Jesus un- unapologetically. Wow. And now you're pastor at a church and Yeah, dude, it makes no sense. It's great. Married two kids. Isn't that isn't that crazy? And my and my babies are cute. Yeah. Thank God. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. It's it's crazy. I look at my life and I'm like, it, the only way this thing works is because Jesus is the center of it. Uh-huh. Yeah. So um yeah, it's pretty cool. Well, to kind of finish things off. Yeah, man. Do you have any advice for people wanting to plant church? Yes. Um, first of all, if you feel like you should plan a church, yeah. do it. Yeah. You're, there's going to be 10 million reasons that are going to go through your mind not to. Yeah. But if God is putting that desire for you to plant, do it. Um, number two, what's your motive for planting? So are you planting because you're mad at your pastor? Yeah. Are you planting because you have a chip on your shoulder? Or are you planning because you want to see people come to Jesus? Yeah. Um, so your motives have to be correct. Do it. And then also, I believe bivocational is the new way to go. Yeah. You know, when, when, you're, when you're able to pay your bills, take care of your family, um, there's a freedom in that. Yeah. Now, you're not going to have time to just watch shows on Netflix and yeah. hang out and do whatever you want, you know? Like, you're going to have to work. It comes with a sacrifice. There's a sacrifice that comes with it. For sure. Um, but I truly believe that if there's a way you could find a job that will allow you to kind of create your own schedule, Yeah. Um, I truly believe bivocational is the way to go. And you meet a lot of non-believers. Uh, working by vocationally so yeah it aligns you with the lost and um which is a great thing yeah it's awesome man well thank you for being here and sitting down talking with me anytime man we're gonna keep this up though this has been really good yeah that's awesome man well for the people listening we're also live on facebook at 10 30 on sundays we also have a youtube channel and follow the tiktok and the twitter and we'll see you next time Awesome.